Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system as we talk about the NBA. Wow, uh, we've talked about the NBA once in this entire season. But, boy, we waited for a good time, Mike. Uh, Juicy trade deadline day thursday at 3 p.m and wow uh a lot like last year uh so many trades so many players moving some players going from one team and then to another team uh within the same couple of hours uh but it definitely makes for some exciting uh you know changes and of course it gives us something to talk about here at Think Tank Sports. Yeah, what a great time to jump back into the NBA. You know, we've been watching it all season, of course, but uh, the football's been very uh, prevalent in our podcast, obviously. Uh, but, Dave, the NBA just brought uh, the drama this week and uh, big trades, big names. Poor Thomas Sadaransky. I don't know how many times he got <laughs> traded this week. And I did, honestly forgot that guy was in the league for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it got traded at least twice. Right. And, and uh, his contract just must be very amenable to uh, to salary caps and, and getting traded. But um, Dave, before we get into that, I don't know if you caught this and, and, and maybe you did, maybe you didn't. They had uh, the all star game draft on TV uh, yesterday. And uh, we got to hit this before we start. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in the vein of the most awkward, funny situation possible, uh, you got LeBron and, and Kevin Durant picking their starters and reserves uh, and the TNT crew commenting as, as they do as the picks come in uh, for the All-Star game. And sure enough, on the reserve side, uh, it comes down to the last two picks, which are yep. the Stifle Tower and James Harden. And, uh, well, I'll take that back. The pick before that was Lonzo Ball was also on the, um, on the board or LaMelo Ball, excuse me. Wrong yeah, ball. LaMelo. Yeah. And LeBron, understanding, uh, the awkwardness, picks LaMelo and leaves KD to pick between James Harden, who just got traded an hour or two before from his team, uh, did the fat James Harden routine, wasn't playing, oh, my hamstring sore, all of that, uh, or um, between him and Rudy Gobert. And KD goes on this semi-serious dour thing about needing size and defense and oh, absolute deadpan. Yeah, like as as level uh, talk as you could imagine. Right, uh, and uh, picks Rudy Gobert and LeBron and the guys at the TNT uh, desk were just laughing hysterically. Uh, LeBron picks up the clipboard and puts it in front of his face as Durant starts talking. The I, fact I, that he's got a clipboard is hilarious to begin. What a yeah. great prop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he was looking at, at his list. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he was. Still, but... uh, great. And uh, I think it was Barkley or Shaq said, uh, well, he's going to play now. He got traded. And he's yeah, it was Barkley. He's going to rub some icy hot on that, and he'll be right in there. Right. <laughs> for now that he got traded, he's healthy, I think is what he said. Something like that. Like, oh, geez. And then that's when KD broke down and started laughing, too. So uh, just a, a fun little the clips out there on social media if you want to watch it uh, and you're an NBA fan. Uh 
I guess I, I do want to say real quick too, Dave, with the all-star stuff, I'm kind of over the drafting thing. Uh, yeah. I was kind of a neat little quirk for a couple of years, but um, maybe some different, it's always KD and LeBron because they get the highest two votes and yeah. maybe mix it in a, a little differently. But speaking of trades, let's get but to- it was great for this year though. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Just for that little snippet. You may have to retire it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. But the biggest trade out on the board there, uh, we already referenced it. James Harden goes to the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, and the Brooklyn Nets get back, Dave. Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Uh, now, granted, those picks won't be uh, high in the draft. You know, obviously, uh, the Sixers are going to be pretty good for a while. Uh, but still, uh, I think I think Brooklyn got a haul here. Um, for giving up somebody that was so disgruntled and and not willing to put in max effort and uh, you know second team in in as many years he's bailed out on, um, you know to get that haul of players and two first round draft picks I think they did pretty well. What do you think? Oh Dave? oh yeah I, I think certainly James Harden is a talent and we have talked about James Harden to the nth degree on this podcast. Yeah. So we don't need to go crazy into that. But when you look at, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, you know, and it's going to take him a little bit to get into shape and, and mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. But Seth Curry's having a great year. Yep. You know, Drummond is great on the interior defensively. Uh, there's just a lot going on there for the, for the Nets. And I, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think they got the better end of it. Um, the draft picks, as Mike was saying, um, a, a first round pick this year, uh, which they can defer to next year if they like. And the other one is 2027. Um, so a few years out as far as that goes. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think the Nets got the better end of this deal. Uh, Paul Millsap also goes over to the Sixers, uh, just kind of a throw in there. Yep. And, and he's certainly, he's not a bad player, but he's on oh, the no. tail end of his career. Um, yeah, the, the Nets are really, I think, putting themselves in a good spot. Uh, just, the, you know, the question mark is what does Simmons do and how quickly can he integrate into the team? given the fact that he hasn't played one minute all year. Yeah, since Game 7 uh, last June, he hasn't played. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, like you said, they could be very formidable. Still, you know, as low as they are in the standings, as much as they've lost lately, still Vegas has them as number one odds to win the championship, uh, which is crazy. Uh, sneaky, though, you know, everyone's hammering Daryl Morey for, for this trade uh, from the 76ers point of view. Um, yeah. Certainly Harden and Embiid pick and roll is going to be devastating. But oh, yeah. the, the sneaky news no one's talking about is they got to keep Tyrese Maxey and Matisse yes. Thibel. Uh, both of them have been developed in, in the 76ers system and having great seasons and, you know, were the two most talked about trade pieces as far as what people wanted, you know, uh, for Ben, you know, including Ben Simmons. So uh, good job out of Daryl Morey, you know, that way. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I had uh, been texting with a couple of Sixers fans, uh, friends that I know, and they were 
so excited that Maxi was not included in either of those trades. I think they would have been really upset. Right. Uh, they all they said that. So uh, Sixers fans definitely happy. Um, but Mike, we got to talk about the big three disaster that was uh, the Durant, Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, absolutely. What was it sixteen games total? Six. 15 games that is 13 percent of the 125 games the nets have played uh now the nets were great 13 and 3 in those games uh and i'm not a huge fan of these points per uh 100 possessions um but they outscored their opponents 13.7 points per 100 percent uh 100 possessions in the minutes that those three play together yes. now, and you could break it down even farther. It's really, uh, and I am reading this off of, uh, the NBA site. Um, there's really only 14 and a half games because one of the games, uh, that they played in Toronto was the one where Durant got removed early on in the third quarter oh. for the health and safeties. Right. Uh, and the other one is, uh, game one in the playoffs against Milwaukee. Well, where Harden got injured on the very first possession. Gotcha. gotcha. So really only 14 and a half games, uh, you know, injuries and, and everything else. Uh, this was a complete disaster for the Nets. Uh, they had, you know, obviously high hopes. Sure. And, you know, their general manager said, look, we just got to this point where uh, we all realized it wasn't working. You know, Harden says it wasn't working. We realized, you know, this isn't happening. And, so they make the moves, uh, you know, kudos uh, to both yep. teams, you know, to be able to do it. But what an absolute disaster uh, this big three thing was with the Nets. And yet as a Nets fan, I think people have to hope that Simmons uh, can really help uh, get them out of the funk. I think we forget how good Simmons is at defense. You, he can post up any point guard. Uh, he certainly is an excellent passer. Uh, you know, obviously doesn't shoot, which is a huge problem. Um, but, you know, his assets on that team when you have so many shooters and players uh, will be very interesting to see. You got to wonder, Dave, if Kevin Durant, if you got a few glasses of wine and maybe some of the wacky tobacco in him, if he would admit that um, this was a mistake. You know, between Kyrie and his vaccination issues and off the court stuff, you know, and just seemingly unwillingness to play through any adversity and then Harden's uh, unwillingness to uh, adapt to their system. You know, I thought last year he did a great job passing the ball and, and you know, setting people up, but mm -hmm. um, he just needs the ball in his hand. It's just the way it is, you know. Uh, so it would be yep. interesting to see if Durant ever gets on a podcast and gets loose with that kind of information, uh, if he regrets any any or all of this. You know, um, going forward, though, still has the opportunity to um, win a championship with some great players. And uh, the Sixers, man, uh, they're going to be the Sixers Bucks. I assume that's where the Eastern Conference is heading as much as I like some other teams. Uh, of course, my Celtics and we'll get to their moves in a minute. Um, sure. Sixers Bucks is going to be just knockdown drag out classic if if we get there in the Eastern Conference. So, um, oh no doubt, and uh, that's a great transition, Mike. When you go into the the four team uh, shuffle around there, that gets Serge Ibaka mm. uh, 
over to Milwaukee. Uh, he's an older guy, but you know, you play him a short amount. He's still very, very productive. Uh, the Bucks, Brooke Lopez is out. They don't know when he's coming back. Right. Uh, Ibaka is, you know, a, a big addition. The concern here for me is they let Dante uh, DiVincenzo go. Yeah. Uh, he was so great last year and then got hurt and didn't play in the finals. They won anyways. Uh, but they definitely, you could see the difference. He hasn't done very much this year. He's still trying to figure himself out after his injury. Uh, he's obviously a younger guy, but the Bucks are built to win right now. Obviously, they won last year. Uh, just a little disappointed that they let him go, uh, right. but I understand where that's coming from. Yeah, I mean, they figured out they could win without him, um, and he was kind of lost in that roster. You know, wanted to be a starter, couldn't get there, really wasn't a second-team type player. That's not his game where he's going to come in and have a rational shooting confidence or, you know, all of that. So sad to see him go. i got to wonder, Dave, what the Clippers are doing. You know, they get oh, rid of please. Ibaka. What are they doing? I don't know. I mean, they bring in Rodney Hood, Semi Ologe. Yeah. Ojale. Him, too. I couldn't pronounce it when he was on the Celtics. <laughs> and another um, European player who I won't pronounce. And it's like, what you know, what are you, what are you doing out there? You just, uh, I, I, they're waiting for Kawhi Leonard to revert back to Toronto Kawhi, and that's just not happening. Whether it's health or age or yeah. you know, well, he, I mean, it, right now it's health. He hasn't played this year, right? Um, and Paul George, you know, my feelings about him, you know, preseason P, not making it uh, as a leader of that team. I just, with all their money and all their bravado about you know taking over L.A. and certainly the Lakers are ripe for the picking um, this year, and the Clippers are just uh, lost in space as usual. So uh, <laughs> I don't get it. And then the Kings end of it, Dave, you know, they get some solid players with, you know, DiVincenzo and Josh Jackson from Detroit. Um, You know, I think, you know, they're scrambling and we're going to talk about them bailing out on Halliburton and healed here in a minute. Oh, my gosh. Um, But, uh, you know, the Kings understanding that they're still building and you got to be willing to make trades and, and and. you know, flip the roster around a little bit. They got to where they are, a middling team uh, from how terrible they were a few years ago. But to take the next step, they got to free up some cap space and do what they need to do. And that did lead them to uh, sending Heald and Halliburton to, um, to, the Pacers. to the Pacers. Very interesting team uh, trade. Uh, also, Tristan Thompson. I didn't know he was still in the league. <laughs> I didn't either. My gosh, yeah. I was, I was surprised. Like, wow, he seems seems old, but he's not as old as uh, Al Horford. Apparently. Um, <laughs> and the Kings, you know, they get uh, Demonte Sabonis, which who I think is a nice young piece. You know, made a couple All Star teams. Uh, but the Pacers not afraid to to also flip it around and and make some changes. Um, Justin Holiday, one of the three Holiday brothers in the league. Uh, Jeremy Lamb also going to the Kings. Also forgot he was in the league. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there's some uh, throwback to clock expiring contracts here uh, getting bumped around. But uh, what do you think about the Kings getting rid of Halliburton and Heald? Their starting uh, backcourt. It's an absolute head scratcher to me. I, look, we've talked about Sabonis. I know that you're very high on him. Mm. I like him too. I just, 
Halliburton and Heald, I mean, this is a guard-driven league. Right. And you send these two guys away. Uh, you know, I, I just think from the Pacers' perspective, this is a steal. Right. This is a steal as far as I'm concerned. I mean, and Tristan Thompson's just a throw-in. I mean, he's going to be able to get rebounds and, and putbacks. But Halliburton and Heald, I mean, those are two of the, the best young guys in the league. Now, I know Heald has struggled shooting this year. I think he's at like 36% mm-hmm. uh, from three, which is a career low for him. Right. Uh, but a change, of, a change of scenery may help. He's still very, very talented. And Halliburton's been tremendous. Uh, yeah, I, it's a head scratcher to me. The Kings right now have the longest uh, streak in the league without making the playoffs right now. I, I, I don't know. I guess I got to see more, but I just I don't think this moves them any closer to that. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, I was very surprised to see those two move together uh, to the same team. Uh, Indiana is going to be very interesting with Miles Turner still locking down the middle. And, um, you know, they have some nice pieces there. So um, not the East is kind of loaded right now, but still very interesting. Yeah, one more interesting. I, I pulled some stats. I wanted to get this one out there. Of course. Um, so Halliburton. This year is one of five players who's played at least 500 minutes and has more steals, 86, than personal fouls, 71. Wow. More steals than fouls. Someone that has a lot of steals you think would have a lot of fouls too because of aggressiveness. That's that's a great stat, Dave. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. He's Uh, a great young player. Um, So, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to see. Dave, uh, speaking of great young players, uh, but this one just can't get off the schneid here. The, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans and the Portland Trailblazers made a, a big swap, and uh, they're trying to build around Zion Williamson down there, and the dude just cannot get healthy, cannot stay uh, in game shape. I'll be, I'll be kind. Um, <laughs> yeah, that know, is being kind. Doing Mountain Dew commercials and that kind of stuff. Uh, just get the guys so athletic when he's healthy and in shape. Uh, and they're trying to build around him. And they bring in C.J. McCollum from the Blazers. Uh, also, Larry Nance Jr., who I really like as well. Um, and will teach Zion a lot about, you know, uh, being a professional and doing the right things for your body and making the right choices off the court and, you know, some stuff on the court as well. So I, I think that's a great pickup by the uh, Pelicans. The Blazers understand finally that they needed to blow it up out there in Portland. You know, Dame and McCollum were so exciting when they were on the, uh, the floor together, um, which through the past few years McCollum's been hurt quite often. Uh, yeah. And uh, it just wasn't going to take them to the next level. So, uh, But a big names going back and forth, McCollum, uh, and Nance and the Blazers get Josh Hart, Nikhail Alexander Walker, Thomas Sadaransky. There he is, our boy, and somebody else whose name I won't pronounce, and a, and a bunch of draft picks. Um, and they made some other moves we'll get into, but still, um, Blazers blowing it up and Pelicans trying to rebuild. What do you think? Yeah, I like the moves uh, for CJ McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. Uh, the Pelicans we've talked about, you know, for the last two seasons, 
Uh, not as much this year, obviously, because this is only our second NBA podcast. But right. they are an absolute head-scratcher of a team. This certainly puts some nice pieces together, although we thought they had nice pieces before. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see with Brandon Ingram and McCollum. And then if Zion can play and stay healthy, that's a pretty good big three. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but there's a big if right in the middle of that. There's a huge, huge if. Uh, so we'll see. I like Josh Hart. I liked him when he was with the Lakers. I, he certainly will get some opportunities uh, to play and start a little bit more in Portland, uh, which is good uh, for him. Um, and Sadoransky and uh, Nikhil Alex, Alexander Walker then got traded uh, in another trade, um, which it. we'll talk about in a second. Um but yeah, I, I, I like the moves by the Pelicans. Again, it's all pending Zion being healthy. And Portland, they're just, like you said, they're just blowing it up uh, and really have to see where everything lands. I think this is a clear indication, though, that um, Dean Willard's not going anywhere. No, he's not. Uh, and you know, they need to lock him up long term if they haven't already. I'm pretty sure he's due for for getting the bag, as the kids say. They're going to pay him <laughs> off. Um, big time and as well they should but uh, you know and then they made another what I would call a lateral move uh, they sent to the Clippers Norm Paul and Robert Covington and the Blazers got back Eric Bloodsoe, Justin Winslow and Keon Johnson Justice Winslow has been a disappointment to me Dave you know he started oh, out with terrible. the heat and I thought that would be a perfect spot for him to <clears throat> you know really learn from Butler and those guys and, and he just never materialized there he's bounced around a little um, he gets, uh, has yeah. some upside but the Clippers get two role you know those guys are good, Covington and Powell. They're, you know, nice role players, you know, six, seven, eight guy off the bench kind of guys. Um, and, you know, Eric Bloodsoe has been around forever, certainly has some clutch in him uh, for sure. Winslow has some upside. Keon Johnson's okay. Uh, but kind of a, a wet blanket of a trade there, if you ask me. What do you think? Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I think so. Again, we're still wondering what the Clippers are doing. Right. Uh, it feels like they have tons of Covington and Powell-type players. Uh, you know, just piling up talent doesn't necessarily equal victories and success. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a weird a weird thing. And again, Portland, they're just continuing to move things around. Certainly Eric Bledsoe uh, is nice and can certainly provide probably the best punch of all of those players uh, you mentioned. So we had a, a so a continuing on the Portland, we had a three-way, Dave. There was a three-way alert um, where Nikhil Alexander-Walker never put on the Portland jersey. He goes to the Utah Jazz, as well as Hernan Gomez, who then goes to uh, the Spurs. And Portland gets back Joe Ingles from Utah. I was really surprised. And then here it is, folks. Double dip Dave alert. Yep. Elijah Hughes uh, also goes to the Blazers. Where did Elijah Hughes play basketball? Oh, you know, it's it's double dip Dave day. <laughs> so it's, he went to Syracuse. He didn't play as much in Utah as I thought maybe he was going to. Right. Uh, so we'll see. Again, Portland is bringing all these other players in. Uh, is Elijah Hughes going to get a, a bigger chance to play there? I think uh, he can score in the league. I, I think he has enough oh, game I, to Oh, I score. can too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Joe Ingles uh, is lost for the year uh, as far as that goes. So he's not going to play at all for Portland right. uh, in the second half of the season. 
but he's certainly uh, Joe Ingles was a fan favorite in Utah. Yeah. Uh, certainly has uh, a lot of, you know, it's been very good, I think. So yeah. a little surprising that the Jazz let go uh, Joe Ingles, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker has been decent. Um, and so we'll see how he fills. I, I mean, I guess he's going to fill in and play that Joe Ingles' minutes. Right, right. Yeah. Right, and Hernan Gomez is a nice rebounder and body off the bench. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And our boy Thomas Sadaransky goes to the Spurs. To complete, goes to the Spurs. Completes yes. a three-way there, yes. Um, so very, very interesting. Where do you want to go next, buddy? Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at all this. What about uh, the Cavs? Yeah. Uh, getting Karis Levert. Yes. Uh, who, hey, folks, we talked about him last year. He's hurt um, and all of the things that were going on with him. Now he's playing, playing well. He played really good last night uh, in his first game with the Cavs. Uh, so he goes to Cleveland. Uh, the Pacers <laughs> get Ricky Rubio, who's hurt and out for the year. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of draft picks. I mean, they're getting a, a first rounder this year, which is uh, likely to be a lottery pick, and uh, a second rounder from Houston, and then a second rounder from Utah in 2027. Uh, but the Cavs, you know, they're they're playing good basketball, and adding a, a player like Karis LeVert um, is really good. And they also. You know, Jared Allen is there, and he's been playing well. Oh, and I, Darius, I like this move. Darius Garland made the all-star team for the first time. You know, so, you know, they have a nice little core there, um, obviously doing well. Uh, I don't know if they can sustain it through the rest of the season in the playoffs, but we'll find out for sure. Um, so the Cavs making moves. Dave, I don't get this one. Help me with this one. So the Celtics get Daniel Theis back. You know, he was, I like him on the Celtics. He, you know, proved to be uh, an asset inside. Um, we'll team up nicely with Robert Williams at the center and uh, yeah. definitely bring a different style. But they send back to Houston, Dennis Schroeder, Enos Freedom, formerly Cantor, and um, Bruno Fernando. Seems like an awful lot for Daniel Theis to go back to Houston. I'm sure it was a salary cap issue, but still. And Schroeder, I mean, I loved him with the Lakers. Uh, yeah, he just he wins. He's just a he's an energy guy. He can shoot well. He can pass. He can defend. Right. Yeah. That that I was really surprised by that one, Mike. There's there's no two ways around it. I, I it just doesn't make sense to me. But again, maybe there's some money pieces in. Uh, well, I'm sure. My least favorite season in the NBA is the buyout season where these guys get their contracts bought out after they're traded and then they are free agent and go back to the team they came from. I think that, you know, there's a loophole there that needs to be closed in the next collective bargaining agreement. But I'm sure Schroeder will not end up on the Houston Rockets at the end of the year. Uh, someone will get him, you know, to solidify a point guard uh, position. But um, the Celtics in a really good trade for them I think uh, acquired Derek White from the San Antonio Spurs and they send uh, Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford and two picks uh, to the Spurs uh, he made his debut last night Dave scored uh, 15 points off the bench brought a lot of energy um, perfect uh, kind of guy for a Celtic team trying to turn over the roster and get their big three with, you know, uh, T 
Tatum and Brown and Smart uh, to the next level. Uh, this makes, you know, getting rid of Schroeder uh, makes Marcus Smart the starting point guard, and, and you know, they needed someone uh, on the second team that would come in and have energy and score, and that's, that's Derek White for sure. He, not a yeah. lot of pressure. He just needs to come in and do his job. So I, I was happy to see that one. There's no one there that they got rid of that bothered me at all. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a strong move. And, you know, now you look at the Celtics and they've won, what, seven in a row? Eight last night. Yeah. Eight in a row, including last night. Uh, and this is a team that's been middling all year long. They yeah. have not been able to put any kind of streak together at all and so you know now's a good time you can bring white in and and get them get them going here and and see how things are things are at yeah right now the celtics are sitting you know in the seventh spot and of course this also it coincides with you know the implosion of the nets who've lost 10 in a row so now the celtics are uh two games ahead of the nets right uh, as far as that goes so you know good for them yeah. Uh, this is a this is a good this is a good move, like you said. Yeah. No, I like that they're mixing up the roster a little bit, and Brad Stevens as GM is doing you know doing a good job so far. Uh, I don't know you know why Tatum and Brown and those guys haven't taken the next step, but hopefully this roster shakeup will will loosen them up and get them get them going because. Uh, you know, two years ago in the bubble, they were awesome. Uh, two years before that, they made a good year run when they were really young, and then they brought in Kyrie, and, you know, they're still trying to cut that cancer out of the locker room, I think, from Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks have given up on Christoph Porzingis, and uh, for my not-so-humble opinion, it's a, it's a season too late, but... At least they did it. They uh, send him to uh, basically NBA Siberia to the Washington Wizards. <laughs> um, Very good. They get back Spencer Dinwoody and Davis uh, Bertrands, who those two players are very nice, actually, uh, for yeah. Porzingis. Um, we'll see if Porzingis can get on the court. I, I actually I say I said NBA Siberia, but uh, I've seen them a couple times this year. They're not terrible, uh, you know. They got some nice pieces, uh, and you know the the kid uh, Danny Avai, the Israeli kid that uh, they drafted last year, is really coming along. Um, I, you'll appreciate this. So his first Danny Avai's first year playing professional in Israel. Um, Amari Stoudemire was on the team with him, you know, trying oh, nice. to trying to extend his career. And they had some great pictures of the two of them together uh, winning basketball. Uh, I was 17 when he was playing with him. So kind of crazy that he's been playing professionally that long already and he's still young. Uh, they got Kispert, you know, from Gonzaga and uh, Rudy Hachimura. They, they got some nice pieces there. So if Porzingis can be healthy and a star you know, they might give somebody, some teams, you know, uh, a scare, you know, like like they could be feisty. Uh, they still, need, you know, are ways away from championship basketball. But, um, you know, a fun little team to watch for a quarter or two. So Yeah, yeah, I watched them play uh, earlier this weekend. It, I mean, it was absolutely atrocious. Okay. Um, but they did start the season out very well, and we were not, you know, doing – heavy NBA coverage then, and they, they were, you know, out of the gate very good. 
Uh, they're only a half game back of Atlanta uh, mm-hmm. for that tenth spot there uh, in the playoffs. So you know they're they're still within striking distance. Sure. Um, they shipped out Montrez Harrell, who I, I thought, I mean, he was playing pretty well for them. Yeah. Uh, Montrez Harrell not... did not play well for the Lakers. So he gets traded to the Hornets. So let's see, you know, how he does there. Yeah, he's just a veteran presence they don't need right now. He's just a, you know, he his game doesn't fit to what they're trying to do right now in Washington. So yeah. Good for them for recognizing that. And, you know, another... Um, trade that makes a lot of sense to me basketball wise so good for them yeah yeah and uh they get back uh crowd favorite ish smith Ish Smith. yeah that dude can light it up uh can't play like a defense uh he reminds me of a a, a poor man's uh who's my boy that isaiah thomas not Detroit pistons isaiah thomas but right uh poor kid that got hurt in boston and, and really ruined his career after he gave him you know, really his life on the line played yep. through adversity. So he reminds me of him. Poor man's uh, Isaiah Thomas Ish Smith. Anything else? I mean, there's some minor deals. The Raptors trade Goran Dragic uh, to the Spurs. I don't get that move at all. It must be something to do with salary for the Spurs. Yeah, uh, probably. The Orlando Magic get Bull Bull and P.J. Dozier, uh, who got flipped from Boston. They never put a Boston uniform on. That was a straight straight cash, homie. Um, yep. and, and cash on top of it, right. uh, the Magic get, right. as far as that goes. Yeah, I don't see anything else. I mean, we really have gotten most of the, the big trades yeah. and things out of the way. So now we just watch and see. Um, as uh, these teams start to put themselves together, uh, you know, we've got basically we're recording here on Saturday. We got a, basically a week's worth of games, a little bit less. And um, then we'll have the all-star break. So a lot of these teams, right. you're not going to see the impact right away right. Uh, because they've got to have some practice time. A couple games, they'll have some downtime. Uh, with the all-star break and then we'll get back into it. So it'll be interesting to see where all of these players and all of these trades make a difference. But Mike, my Los Angeles Lakers didn't make any trades. No, I mean, they don't have any cap room, dude. They're, they're just screwed with the cap room. I mean, they'd love to get rid of Westbrook, but you know, the amount, he's like 17.6 million owed. Uh, rest of this year and next year, who's going to take that on for for Westbrook? Yeah, he's making. I could not believe this, and I, you know, the numbers go by, and you're like, it's ridiculous when you hear about it, and then you forget about it. His salary, Russell Westbrook, this year, forty four million dollars. Forty four million. Wow. Uh, this just in. That's a lot of money. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> And so, yeah, I agree. I, I thought, you know, there was some potential that the Lakers were going to deal Westbrook to the Rockets. Uh, the Rockets wanted more draft picks than the Lakers were willing to give up, which I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like uh, giving up draft picks. And, and with the Lakers as old as a team as they are, uh, giving up draft picks prevents them from getting younger. Uh, and it's hard to do via trade. So I'm okay with that. I just thought they would make some moves. Right. Uh, but now we'll have to see, you know, Anthony Davis has been back for a little bit now. He seems to be starting to get into his groove. Uh, LeBron has had a great year. 
Uh, it, it's just, you know, they've just been so inconsistent. Uh, my biggest thing that I've seen is the defense has not been the same. Uh, and with Frank Vogel, that's got to be driving him crazy because he's a defensive coach. Right. Uh, so we'll see all these other teams making all these moves and the Lakers kind of sit and pat, not kind of, they, they did, uh, and see, you know, there's talk around the Lakers that they feel like they're comfortable with who they have. And, uh, you know, the last week or so, Westbrook has, you know, been benched before overtime and, you know, it's a sat at other times. You know, it, it, it does look disastrous, I agree. Have you seen uh, LeBron's post-game press conferences? I mean, just depressed. The dude yeah. is in his feelings. He's, uh, you know, they're better than us. Before we got on the court, we knew they were better than us. That's oh, not like LeBron. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not LeBron type speak. You know, I, it's very, very bad. And, and poor Anthony Davis is sitting next to him just you know, trying to hide his unibrow and struggling, you know, I just feel there's no hiding the unibrow. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you hit on your Celtics or your uh, Lakers there. Um, Dave, real quick, then let's the uh, was it ESPN came out with the list of all time greatest coaches, the NBA's top 15 greatest coaches. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, you have the list in front of you? I do. So okay. number one's Red Arbach. I don't think there's much arguing about that, um, but I'm a Celtic fan. Uh, Larry Brown, two. Chuck Daly, three. Red Holtzman, four. Phil Jackson, five. Casey Jones, Steve Kerr, Don Nelson. Popovich is 10. Jack Ramsey, Pat Riley, Doc Rivers, Jerry Sloan, Eric Spolstra, Dave, and Lenny Wilkins. Um, and I texted you a few names. I said the Van Gundys just to get a rise out of you. Um, <laughs> uh, which was funny. But where's George Carl on this list, buddy? Uh, yeah, that's the one that yeah. glared right out to me. You know, what is he like? Uh, sixth all time in, in wins. In wins. Yeah. 1,175 wins. Uh, took several teams uh, deep. And, and I believe he won a championship uh, also. Um, uh, no. He never won one? Never won okay. a title. And I, as I was going back through, and, and we, we texted a lot about this. Yeah. Um, it's very got... interesting because the only time that he even, well, he took, so he had uh, the Supersonics team that played the Bulls uh, after, oh, the, right, right, after right. the 96 season. Right. Uh, like Love and, and Sean Kemp and all yep, that. Yep, and Sean Kemp. It's a great, great team. Uh, and... Then he was the coach with the Nuggets, yep. Carmelo, right. when they got to the finals against the Lakers. Other than that, not really much of a sniff of uh, postseason success. Okay. Um, and it seems to me, looking at that list, that that is probably where they were going. I mean, certainly the, the coaches on the list – a lot of them have had success, uh, but that one, yeah, I, I would agree. Even regardless of all of that, George Carl uh, is a notable, uh, notably missing from that list. You seemed in the text chain to have a problem with Eric Spolstra. Um, do you care to elaborate on that, or have you, you backed know, off of that? 
Um, I, you know, a little bit. I, it's interesting because I, I, you know, I, I look, I'm like, geez, Spolstra, really? But then when you look at what he's done and you think about the, the four straight trips to the finals uh, with the Heat and the number of wins uh, that he has been able to put together, uh, I guess when I saw the list, I hadn't really thought about Spolstra sitting there. Yeah. Uh, but certainly he has been successful. And you think about then LeBron left. And uh, Bosch wasn't there, and it was just Wade. Right. And they kind of, they kind of middled a little bit, but then he gets them to the finals two years ago again. Uh, and the Heat right now are number one in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so I think he's somebody that kind of goes under the radar, uh, particularly because you know when you had the original, well, not quite the original big three. When you had Miami's big three. Uh, you kind of felt like, well, you got LeBron and Wade, like they're kind of carrying the team. But now over the long haul, I think you see a lot of that success was Spolstra. Yeah, and he also lived in the shadow of um, Pat Riley Pat for Riley. so long. You know, yes. it was basically Spolstra was Pat Riley's puppet in the early years. I mean, Spolstra, if you don't know a story, started out as the video editor for Pat Riley when he was you know in his teen late teens and has learned the game and gained uh respect in the league for his you know diagramming of plays and his x's and o's but his ability to connect with you know all ages of players too so um he certainly deserves respect i just don't see him in the top 15 i mean where's cotton Fitzsimmons? where's gene shoe where's all these uh, older guys that you know deserve some love for rick adelman you know uh, yeah, rick adelman was another one uh that i know we had talked about mike so thanks for bringing him up a great coach long time in portland uh, you know, just ran into the, the Bulls buzzsaw oh my gosh. Um, and the uh, Pistons buzzsaw right. there um, in the finals. But, you know, had some great teams with Clyde Drexler and Jerome Kersey and, and all of those guys. Uh, just a great, great coach. Again, never got uh, a championship. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at this list, I think that's that's a major factor in why he's he's not up there. Right. Uh, but definitely, definitely a really, really good coach. Yep, I agree completely. So uh, that's going to conclude our NBA podcast today. Like Dave said, you know, we're heading towards the all star break. So we probably won't have much information or, you know, new observations for a couple of weeks, uh, just because that's the way the NBA goes. Uh, unless there's a major story we need to bust in uh, to, of course. But we're still following second half, uh, even though it's uh, more of a third. Should be very interesting playoff runs. Can these upstart teams, uh, you know, like Chicago and Cleveland, keep it up and stay, you know, where they are in, in the conference races and, you know, make a playoff run? Will these trades gel and super teams come together? You know, the East is going to be an absolute war. I still don't really fully believe in Brooklyn but that's you know we'll find out for sure yes we will but in the meantime you know check us out you know on Facebook and Twitter and the Insta we'll be putting polls up we'll be definitely uh, looking for your input for topics to cover if you want to shoot us a uh, an email or, or add us at one of those um, social media sites so we would be happy to 
to do that. Uh, in the meantime, folks, uh, keep enjoying the podcast, keep enjoying the NBA, and we'll be back here at Think Tank Sports where we strive for five.